wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hello, everybody. Hey, Happy welcome. Friday. Why'd you skip in, or slip into Scooby-Doo voice there? Where'd that come Oh, from? well, you know, I have a voice for just about everything. <laughs> He's always teasing me. Even when a fly is flying around, oh, yeah, I'm like, it's always <laughs> oh, it's always, there's voices. It's getting away from you, Jim. It's, it's entertaining. It's really, it's, it's, it keeps my day interesting around here. So. It does. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, hey, I love being comic relief in our house. Uh-huh. So yeah, so too, quick but, update. I mean, we mm-hmm. got uh, we're at Friday. We got uh, the time change coming up. Don't this forget, yep. change your clocks. And uh, of course, most of you are aware this is uh, Bedlam football weekend. Everybody knows what that is, except, except for, for Michelle. Me. Except for Michelle. <laughs> so, no, that's, uh, I, what's Bedlam? Football? That's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and oh, it's believed to be okay. the last time for the foreseeable future. Be the last time they play because Oklahoma Why? is leaving the conference moving to the SEC and so the oh. the 100 plus year rivalry between Oklahoma you know I'm an Oklahoma state guy and you know it's kind of mm-hmm. to call it a rivalry I think I think Oklahoma has won four or five for every one that Oklahoma state's won but we're we're pulling for the Cowboys <laughs> to see if So they then they have no chance in ever playing again even in a bowl Well it could happen it could happen in a bowl okay. and and they could end up having non conference you know, game. you know, I can see Mike Wallman laughing at me in the yeah. background. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't do football, she, but I'm, I'm a, I love to cook for it. Yeah. yeah she's great for that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, anyway, we got that coming up. So we're kind of paying attention. <laughs> to and, uh, and Wallman's, uh, uh, Mike in particular is a big uh, mm-hmm. Bengals fan. We got the Wallman standing by. We got Keith Thacker. This is so fun for us bringing yeah. dealers to dealers. Yeah. Like this is just, is. you know, it's part of what we can do with the morning show is, is, uh, you know, find out from dealers how they're absolutely, things. absolutely. Um, Keith, you might be able to because I know I see you kind of popping in and out. Your if you if you put it on your cell phone and just use your camera from your cell phone, that might help. If you're just using cell signal, if you've got a good cell signal there. Yeah. Um, all righty. Uh, any other announcements? Uh, the um, so. soup, the dealer forum. Isn't that this next week? It starts the 13th, Monday the 13th. Yeah, so that is the week after next. What is, yeah. yeah. So it's coming up here pretty soon. Um, That's going to be in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And the, the format looks amazing. Um, for how they're going to be doing this. This is not like Mm -hmm. a regular conference. This is, this is basically like, um, uh, a conference of 20 groups Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and so giving you the opportunity to sit in at different tables and talk about different topics and, and that's, that's the majority of the education while Mm -hmm. you're there is, is, um, with colleagues and all of that. So if you haven't already booked your ticket, um, I know you can still get them. I think that the, uh, discounted hotel rates are are gone, but go ahead and get on, uh, NIADA.com and you can get more information there. Very good. What else? I don't have a thing. I think we should bring in our distinguished guests. We have standing by. Bring them right. in. We got uh, Mr. Keith Mr. Thacker Keith joining Thacker. from Kentucky. <laughs> Hi. This is so fun for Good us morning. because, you know, like we. You for having us. Pardon? I said thank oh, you no. all for the opportunity. I appreciate it. 
Good. Hang in there with us. You're on our side. Your image is freezing a little bit, but the audio is intact. So just stay with us and we'll absolutely the stream may come Um, and go a little bit. So we, uh, let's talk a little bit about why we have these, these gentlemen on the show today and what kind of brought that about and, and a little bit about their history. Yeah. um, So, yeah. So we, we actually know the Wallmans. We've worked with them in Ohio in the past. For about a year. So, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. we, uh, we, by the way, have enjoyed watching many of the things that you guys. Oh, are well, we'll talk about place. that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then Keith Acker, we've known. Keith is one of those people that you know you you know so many people from Facebook. Mm-hmm. You chat with them in the groups, and you're involved in conversations together. We had had a chance to meet Keith at the conference a couple yeah. of years ago, in person. But we we just kind of saw a thread. I think it was on the poll that I had put out before about. Um, you know, are in this time of economic struggle, are we are we changing our mm-hmm. our practices? And if so, are we clamping down? Are we getting more flexible, et cetera? And I, I think you guys chimed in on that particular thread, if I remember which which you know conversation it was. But these two were actually in the conversation together. So I was well, just well, wasn't it a different thread, like an all new thread, Justin, that you posted? Yeah, I had asked a question about some of those extensions or amendments. Oh, that, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, some dealers, uh, you know, policy was behind granting that permission to a customer yeah. or collector. So, yeah. So Keith was actually responding to that one instead. Yes. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I just saw that and I thought, what you know, it's interesting that that particular conversation just is is kind of you know, representative of what's got to be going through a lot of dealers' heads out there right now, Mm -hmm. a lot of changes. So we wanted to ask each of you first, and I'll start with you, Walmans. Like, I know you guys have been in business many years out there and got a good-sized portfolio, and I'm wondering kind of what your philosophy or approach has been to collections, generally speaking. If I made, you know, uh, one, the lowest, most, you know, um, lenient, flexible, that you could be in 10 being super strict. Where would you put your number just in terms of where have you guys been, you know, just as a company overall? I would say that we've always hovered around a seven. Okay. Um, I can't read up. that, Mike. What does it say? Seven. Uh, oh, is this like the dating oh, no, game? It's, it's fun. It's fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, we use that practice consistently um, since day one up until now. And so we, we felt if we, you know, kept that same approach and we kind of know that, you know, we're conducting business the same. And then we just have to make sure we're cognizant about, you know, external factors, like you mentioned, Jim, about, you know, some of the economic struggles. So, but at least we can kind of go back on, hey, you know, we're, we're practicing this way and then then we can adapt and change up depending on what's going on around us right right on got it and uh keith yeah go ahead so i was had a seven in my mind as well today but we've actually transitioned to a seven we didn't start at a seven mm-hmm. um, i've been running the, the collection side for about seven years and when i first started i was probably a two we were very lenient um we really didn't take a whole lot of promise to pays and we're just like, you know, pay when you can and stuff, but that gets out of hand pretty quick. So um, I started getting involved with 20 groups and I've been fortunate to be a member of several different uh, great 20 groups with some of the changes in the industry up until now. And, and so now we're probably a seven and it just, you know, I, we started really lax and just kind of moved to more progressive stern. We still, think that customers, you know, well, the pandemic has shown us they'll pay if they have the money to pay, you know, in the pandemic, when a lot of the, the money was being exchanged freely, they paid, 
crazy well. So we still want to make sure that we're keeping good people that will pay us into our cars, um, but hold them accountable too. Uh, there's something, and this is not a squirrel, but this is something that I just, what you just said, I found so fascinating is, you know, we talk about the persona of our customer and that there's, there's slackabouts and that they, they don't pay and they, well, uh, this, this is something that I, I see a lot of, um, the, the, um, how, how dealers view the, uh, the, the overall buyer payer customer, a lot of dealers is slack about don't pay. They will, they'll screw you. They'll da, 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 da. I just find it fascinating that you saw a huge difference when they had more money in their pocketbook, they made their payment. So maybe, maybe part of the reason that they don't pay as well as they could is because they have less money which is a, another squirrel about let's make sure we don't put them in a car payment they can't afford. So, yeah. yeah. And that goes back to underwriting. But I think for today, we, we really, so obviously you can underwrite the deal well today and their circumstances could change tomorrow. So we we're many of us dealing with that sort of thing. So I think for today, we all understand mm-hmm. underwriting could affect tomorrow. I really wanted to focus really on collections on the existing portfolio yeah. that we have and kind of how you're, you're pivoting with that. So, you know, Keith, as I heard you talk about that and, and tightening up a little bit, I wonder, you know, what does that mean? What do you, when you say you're, you're more strict, are you strict in terms of demanding dollars or are you demanding a written understanding or how are you tightening up on that? So the first thing, and this sounds so silly, but um, one of the first things that we changed when we were having that progression from lenient to more stern is when the customer calls and asks for an extension, the first thing we say is no. Mm-hmm. We used to say yes for everyone. Hey, can I have a, can I pay a double payment next Friday? Absolutely. Well, now we just, we start with no. Okay. Yeah. And if, if they say, well, we really can't do it before we get off the phone, then we make some type of agreement. But yeah. the first answer when they ask for any kind of arrangement is no, we can't do that. Yeah. You know, and it's not, and, and consider it. No, it's like, no, the payments a hundred dollars this Friday or one twenty this Friday. We're really going to need the payment. And then if they say, well, I had something come up, you know, I had some maintenance bills at the apartment or whatever, then we can make a promise to pay agreement going forward. But some things we're doing differently is we want to make sure that we say no at first. And then before we get off the phone, we come to some type of agreement that ultimately gets them back on track. So we don't want to just say, you know, yeah, you can make a double payment sometime in the future. We want to make sure that we're ironing out that promise all the way through to getting them back current. I quick question, Keith, on that. Do you require any documentation? You know, if it's if it's a financial we, reason, we don't. Um, when we were, we don't do extensions um, or refinances. I guess is what I really mean. So if we're doing um, like a refinance, a rewrite of the contract because a payday has switched, or if someone got COVID and we're doing a uh, like mm-hmm. a deferral of two payments to the end or something, we require proof on on those type of things. But if someone is staying on the same frequency and they just need to make a partial or, or you know postpone a payment till next friday or something to make a double we don't require any documentation and, and i think it's important before we come back mike mm-hmm. i want to hear your feedback on that i i want to say just for, kind of for our listeners that when we talk about things like extensions and modification all this different terminology which i'll try to clear up as we go but you know the, the actual matter of modifying a contract that can vary by state a little bit they're yes. getting into some state specific things and so uh, <laughs> Aware that oh yeah, that was you. actually something. As we were getting ready this morning, Jim was like, "Let's just make sure that everyone listening fully understands that mm-hmm. 
your you need before you change any policies or or actually before you enact any you need to make sure that you are compliant with your state law. Yeah, just remember Jim and Michelle Rhodes. <laughs> Jim and Michelle Rhodes in the Buy Here Pay Your Morning Show do not offer legal advice. This is simply an operation. Sometimes discussion. we play like we're ones, yeah. but we're just actors. Yeah. So this so. is just you know we, we know these things can vary, and we're not yeah. obvi- obviously advocating for anything that would be uh, unethical yes. or unlawful. So we're you know, we be aware yeah. of what you can and can't do. So, but let's just kind of stick to policy. Like, so Mike, what have you guys seen? We didn't get a chance to hear from you in terms of kind of what your view has been of the collections approach overall. Well, I think, you know, something that Justin said is that seven, that consistency since we kind of started this and um, you know, Keith, I have a quick question for you. What DMS do you use? We use Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. That's what we used to use. And we really didn't feel like we had quite the ability um, to extend as, as, much or amend as much as we do now with our current IDMS, uh, you know, comes off as quite a bit easier now to do. And uh, with our yeah. new DMS, the button's more available, things like that. But uh, um, I before guess just, the pandemic, there was no way to even extend payments. But when okay. the pandemic happened, they you have the right to pause payments. And then it, um, they added that almost immediately when they uh, started laying people off and stuff and shutting things down. And that moves the payments. However, whatever number you pick just moves it to the end of the contract, but it is a refinance. So that's exactly how it works. Um, it's still a rewrite of the contract. Okay. I think there's, I think there's two things in my opinion, Jim, um, you know, you have a little bit of that, uh, collector availability to do that, but they're probably pushed because of the recent economic times. But we know that if we open the door a little too much here and over here, what are we dealing with? Should we say no? Should we have some finite rules? But it is getting a little harder out there. Um, so, but we want to listen to everybody's uh, situation and make sure that if we can adapt or we can help within reason. So it's just kind of like this finesse area that we're that we we feel like we're in. And um, yeah, I think that's what's what's good for the discussion because you have a couple different uh, credentials where where this fall under. So you, you, you're falling. It's falling under where. You might be having to do it a little bit more, but then once you kind of turn that dial, now maybe the consumer thinks that uh, we can do it again. Maybe that one of the collectors knows that that's an acceptable approach by the financing company and maybe right. we continue to do this. So that's where kind of like, you don't, you don't want to cut your face to spite your nose, mm-hmm. cut your nose to spite your face. That's right. <laughs> But you just, but you want to help people out. So I think there's a reason for it. So that that's what we're currently, what, what we're currently seeing and, and what originally, um, yeah, I just wanted to, how we posted it out to that and, and was trying to get some feedback from everyone. Um, I, I'm like a huge, I've, I, I may not have worked in the, in the, um, buy here, pay here world, but I've worked with teams that have to deal with angry customers. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I love kind of like what, uh, well, that the first answer is no. That's yeah. like policy. That's like we're going through the thing and the first answer is no. The second, you know, and 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 like getting to a point where it's like uh, that you that you're still firm because, I mean, white hat way, all of that. It's about being kind, but it's also about being firm and you know that you that's like this is this is our agreement this is our understanding and so the very last thing we're going to do is go against the agreement um so we're but we're going to find ways to be able to help you 
um, help you be able to fulfill your side of the agreement. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah, I think that's, you know, we're, we're also talking about just basic human behavior, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we have, um, so Keith, you talked about the thing about, you know, developing the practice saying, no, I've done it in collections training. We've brought out a mirror and had people just to be kind of, you know, to overstate it. It's like, you know, it's practice looking in the mirror and practice saying no. And just, it doesn't mean like Michelle mentioned the you know, kind of white head element of this. It doesn't mean that we're not going to work with the customer. It's just that we have to hold the customer accountable to the understanding. And, and so we always mm -hmm. kind of use the terminology yeah. that, you know, Friday means Friday. That's still our understanding unless we replace it with a new understanding. Yeah. And so this is what we're trying to hold customers accountable to that. However, we're in a climate now where you know, we're seeing income reduced or even at the same income, obviously living expenses are much higher. So the, the question becomes, you know, are we are we prepared to adapt strategy overall in the interest of not losing some customers because they're feeling a lot of pressure, aren't they, Keith? Yes. Yeah, we're seeing that. I mean, um, but at the end of the day, we have to make sure the car is affordable for the customer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we can't let, in my opinion, the worst thing that we can do is sell a, a car to a customer and then take payment arrangements that allow them to get so far behind that ultimately we end up taking the car back. You know, when we end up creating this problem over a long period of time, because we because we allow like, well, OK, OK. And then it gets to a point that we're like, we can't have it this far past due anymore. And then we take the car from the customer. That is a failure of collections, in my opinion. Now, someone that just won't communicate with you and won't make the payments, that's unavoidable. That's really, you know, the customer's choice. But if we allow the communicating customer to get X number of days past due and then because of our collection policies, it becomes an escalated problem. That's our fault. We failed the customer. We allowed them to straggle out that far. And we just don't really want to do that to our customers. So gotcha. we try to hold them to the payment arrangements. We understand that they can't make their payments or they won't between now and two or three years from now, something's going to happen that we're going to have to work with them on a payment. And that's okay. As long as they're communicating with us and upholding that promise to pay. I'm so glad you talked about that. I don't hear that enough about the idea that, you know, when I do say no to a customer, even though it doesn't feel like it to the customer at the time, in a way we could be doing them a favor because when we allow them to dig a hole, it can be difficult for them to climb out. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes when we, when we say no and try to hold them accountable, then that can be a thing. Keith, before I uh, jump back to the Walmans, I want to find it. Do you accept partial payments? We do. Okay. Okay. Good. And uh, Justin, do you guys on your end, do you take partials? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we could probably have a whole episode around that alone. We Partial see payments. that there's, you know, dealers feel strongly about that. Some, some do, some don't. And so I think it's a, it's a time where it feels to me like we're going to have to be adaptive and this would be amongst the ways that we would do it. And I'm really resistant always to anything that modifies the contract. Like I always am going to advocate for trying to keep the terms of the contract where they are. Go ahead, Keith. Um, I agree totally. We uh, the only really reason that we'll do a rewrite is like major illnesses, sure. you know, like heart attack, strokes, cancer, mm -hmm. or a payday change. And we yeah. do that. Like if we have a weekly payer that's moving to semi monthly, <laughs> we would rather them just be on semi monthly so they're not on our collections report all the time. But we require yeah. pay stubs to do that. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is so interesting. Like I, I hear you say that, and I think you know sometimes I feel like these folks, whether it's a state level or national level, CFPB, whatever, I think they don't fully appreciate the, I'll call it the disciplinary element that is buy here, pay here, like having, like you're talking about changing to a customer's pay schedule. Why? Well, because the customer can manage that bi-weekly. If they're getting paid bi-weekly, they can manage that better. And I just think 
folks don't seem to understand that often. So, Justin, you guys have been doing this a long time. I know you've you've observed that. I want to come back and talk about some of the other things that Keith touched on there. But like, what what do you see? You said you do partial payments, so you're you're flexible in that way. Uh, what about modifications? Are you permitted to do modifications, and are there circumstances under which? Yeah, yeah we're able to do that. Um, it was never really a a practice that we've. Uh, instituted many years ago if uh, our DMS uh, didn't have the capability and, um, you know, things like that. And I, 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 I grew up around it being a little bit more on the uh, stern but fair, uh, mm -hmm. you know, side. And, and, and I'm not saying, of course, we would help somebody out that might have been past due for a while. And they, and then finally, you know, to give them some light at the end of the tunnel, they came up with an X amount. And then we said, okay, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to go clean slate you know, thanks for, uh, thanks for trying and we're going to get you back on track. Um, the only thing that we're seeing now, I mean, obviously we're seeing a little uptick in delinquency, um, you know, repossessions are a little bit higher. Um, and we, we've tried to lower our ACV a little bit and some increased sales. And then some, some of that comes with increased repos. So, um, with, with that being said, combined with what's going on with the, uh, with the economy, um, we've been having to do a little bit more of that. Okay, we'll push it to the end of the loan. Um, but I feel like we're maybe doing it maybe too frequently. Um, so, and with loan modifications amendments, you know, of course, that, that, that creates another, another step where you have to get it signed. And that's another thing where it's difficult. You're not in front of the customer. Um, so that facilitation process gets a little, little difficult. So, you know, we said, hey, as long as we get everything signed and for a couple of reasons, like with, you know, Keith said, maybe an illness or, you know, the problem is with job changes we're seeing is that's that's a prevalent thing in our industry. You yeah. know, and so that's that's something that I, a job, you know, if I answer a phone call and somebody changes, I could easily take that same phone call with somebody else two days later. So mm -hmm. am I amending every two? So we're just in that we're trying to finesse it and, you know, well, our collectors get paid on uh, delinquency bonuses where I know, Jim, um, you're not a big fan of delinquency bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you, we just have a little bit of like all that, that we're trying to, you know, just watch right now, observe. We haven't taken any real immediate intervention, um, yeah. but we're just, we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing the button getting clipped. We're seeing, um, but we're seeing what's kind of going on. And we understand that if we do it, we, we may help them get on track. We don't want it to result in immediate repossession, but we also know it's a cash flow business and, and, and we have to make sure we recoup our money um, mm -hmm. without extending too many options where we feel like maybe we're then getting taken advantage of. So it's a slippery slope. We just have to watch and observe. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I, I would, I would like to tighten something up, um, but I, I just, I don't want to be, uh, you know, short-sighted in that, in that degree. And I hear you, the idea of kind of, you know, sitting on those uh, modifications, for example, is just yeah. one, one thing that we've talked about. And when you, you know, when you jokingly said, I'm not a fan of those, I, like we try to share, here's the price that you could pay, right? On either side of this, so the price for certain things. And I know, Keith, imagine if, imagine if I'm your customer and, uh, you know, you financed the car to me three months ago and I was, you know, doing everything on my payments because the day I bought the car, you said it was real important to get the payments in on time. And now I come to you 
with a, you know, a fall behind or whatever. And now you modify my contract and push my payments back. And I'm just so relieved. I thought I, the day I bought the car, I thought you told me I was going to need to make all these payments on time. Now I find out all you got to do is go to your computer and punch a few buttons and you can change the terms of the contract. So that's such a relief to me. I'm so glad to know that I don't need to worry so much about getting the payments in on time. Right. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the natural place that we end up as a consumer? So Yeah. yeah. I, I learned the, the contract modification the hard way. I learned all my lessons the hard way. Um, we, I just started doing collections and I kind of got, I've been around the buy your pay business my whole life, but I really wasn't around the collection side of it much. It was more around the recon center. And uh, so we had these customers that were behind. And I'm like, well, if we refinance them, they won't be behind anymore. And so we, I refinance a bunch of customers that were behind to get them back on track. Cause I thought once they were, we get them on track, they would stay on track. And what I found out is I just delayed the repossession. Yeah, you know, I yeah. just refinanced the customer and gave them more time. Yeah. So we still do rewrites, but I'm just really, really cautious of it because of the problems I've caused myself in the yeah. past. And that's what I would say. You just kind of need a gatekeeper solution, right? You need a policy where that can be done, but we've got to verify that it's, you know, legitimate because one of the things that we see is when we grant too much authority out there at the collector level, or maybe even a collection supervisor that, Sometimes what can happen is that that gets the volume of that gets to be higher than we realize. And we start to suffer for it in cash flow, as you mentioned. I mean, the delinquency yeah. report looks great, but yeah. in collection efficiency, the, suddenly the bank deposits are not where they had been. And and so those kind of things can can creep mm -hmm. in if we allow too much of that. So as much as anything, we would just always advise that the dealer is is familiar with how much of that is happening. And so they kind of play a gatekeeper role. So anything for you guys to add, Walmans, on on that thought? No, I, I just think maybe like the reasoning and the slippery, slippery slope, like Justin mentioned, I mean, once you're just too loose and a gray area or maybe coming up with a process, unless you're, um, you know, pretty in tune or finite or, or granular with that, it can be, you know, pretty loose and all the reasons in the world can kind of come about and, and to do it. But um, I think just maybe honing in on it. and, and Yeah, it's, you know. More. Once you open that box with deferrals and modifications, just hard to put the lid back on that box. You know, it's just kind of once the customer's aware that that's a possibility, mm -hmm. then it just they, they get a little spoiled to it and they mm -hmm. kind of learn to expect it or, you know, so it's just natural that that's where we'd end up. So all the more reason for us to just be careful and say no yeah. and, and, and keep saying no until we're just out of options, you know, yeah. and figure out a way to get there. One of the things that we noticed when we did that poll about um, clamping down or not that, uh, that, you know, and, and we, we, we phrased that so it was like in collections what is what's happening and a lot of people chimed in about it's about underwriting and yes it is about underwriting for the next 300 um, for customers. the next 300 customers yeah. um so you know it is uh it's you know it's about making sure that they're in a vehicle that that you aren't putting them to the absolute outside edge of what their ac or what their um, PTI is or whatever that it's like it, this, this is a payment that you can make because I, cause I, from what Keith was talking about during COVID when people were, were getting checks, um, they, the, they, they were paying on time. And mm -hmm. so it's, if, if, uh, what I hear from that too, is with the underwriting side, that if we are really careful that we're not putting them in a vehicle, that's going to become uh, you know, difficult. There's that. There's more of a pinch that that's even better. And obviously, there are a lot of people out there that that they need to have an ACV that's like way lower than what it is that that we she makes typically it sound offer. Easy, right, guys? It's, it's not easy. easy. <laughs> I do have to say, Walmans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, you know, I, like we said that we've worked with the Walmans, um, uh, and we worked with them for about a year and had a really great time. And, and I, I watch what it is that you guys are doing. And I just want to say that one of the things that I really have enjoyed seeing when I get on your website is that you now have like, there is a section of ACV where it's $500 down. This is what your payment's going to be. And it's about bringing some, you know, some things into a more affordable range for some of your customers. And so when people come in and they see the charger sitting out there in the corner of the lot and it's like, I want that car. It's like, well, we're not going to, but we can do this. Mm -hmm. So it gives the, gives people like, let, let's put you in something that's that we feel more yep. comfortable with. So, you know, thumbs up, yes, high yeah. five, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, let's um, see how you're we, adapting with yeah, that. Yeah, really do. So I think oh go ahead. Did you have something else on that? So thanks. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. tried to we tried to just get a little bit more of the uh op financial options out there a little bit easier and we can adapt to you know more of our clientele and it's been it's been better and it's definitely I think helped and uh, what we're facing with and it's interesting because you know inflation has pushed us everything but cars have actually gotten a little less expensive um mm -hmm. maybe not for the consumer but for us a little bit and you know we're still able to kind of keep a decent car payment and try to make that pti parameters fit yeah without completely destroying uh you know cash flow so we're, we're trying to, try, you gotta, gotta keep it tight. You gotta be fair. Um, but yeah, that's what we're seeing. So I want to hear from each of you on what you're seeing in your local area in terms of employment. Are you seeing employment remain pretty steady? Hey, I think, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, we are in South Central Kentucky and we've always been pretty isolated from a lot of the economic swings. Um, we've got a couple industries here that are heavily tied uh, to automotive, but we don't see the big real estate swings. We don't see the massive unemployment that, you know, some areas see. So when the economy is going, you know, boom, we just see, you know, an increase in things slowly. When the economy is going bust, it just kind of, you know, is a little bit different. So um, nothing has changed here really. Wages are still trending up. Um, the biggest thing that we've seen in our local market, which isn't really a local thing, is subprime financing is tightening up. Um, we see that with the customers that we're getting. It's not a drastic change, uh, but we're seeing a little bit better job times, a little bit higher credit scores. Um, but in terms of employment, really nothing's changing. Wages are going up just a little bit. There's a major factory here um, that employs a bunch of people, and, and they were um, released a new rate sheet. I don't know how it got on the Internet, but I was looking at it yesterday with my father. And, and so they're giving raises to the employees, and it was on a sheet. And, you know, so wages in this area are trending upwards. Okay, good. Excellent. So I would. That, that to me has always kind of been one of the measuring sticks. Like, you know, I always said, you know, the stock market can be up here doing dips and dives and the economy can even do dips. But if your local employment is pretty stable, as long as mm -hmm. your customer's employed, it doesn't affect you guys a ton. Except right? Except for there food at the prices and gas prices. Yeah, it's, it's more the Let me tell you what the biggest one was, in my opinion, was when rent doubled through the pandemic. Right. Okay? Yeah. Kentucky had like a, a rent mandatorium where people didn't have to pay. There was, there was money that they could qualify for, but that was a big drawn out process. A lot of people didn't pay utility bills in certain, you know, so they had to move to other districts of our local area. And when they replaced the house that they were paying for $500 a month for to 900 to a thousand, that was rough because we went through a period of time where a lot of, I mean, a lot of good two, three year paying customers brought the cars back and say, Hey, I can't afford it. I'm like, what's going on? You know, is, is there something that we can change? 
in the agreement because when someone is a perfect payer for two and a half three years and they're bringing their car back to you and saying this is their second car or something like i can't i can't pay and i'm like man i mean let's make this car affordable for you we want to continue to do business with you you've paid perfect for the last 200 weeks like let's figure out something that you know if i just need to make the payment fit your new income or something but it was where they had switched housing and it was a shocker to them i mean the cost of living you know i mean i say doubled it's probably dramatic but you know it significantly increased for sure and that that was a real hard adjustment for several of our good paying customers absolutely Mm -hmm. so what about you guys walmans are you what are you seeing in in terms of employment pretty stable in your area i think pretty stable i don't hear too much about you know high unemployment rates um you know i think we're probably a little faster paced than keith uh, but being in the midwest we're, we're not you know on steroids by all means um you know one thing we've noticed with our customers we don't see tons of like longevity at the job i think everybody is you know bouncing around a little bit trying to find and earn that next dollar uh to try to afford everything around them but i don't think it's really a measure of trying to capture and go get a job. I think that's being done. Um, you know, just today, I mean, I was sort of kind of going over some stuff and everything just seems pretty stable for the most part. I mean, good. Mm-hmm. And I guess the main thing you're not seeing on your delinquency list, a lot of people that have lost their jobs. I mean, that's, that's not necessarily hitting us currently, mm-hmm. which that would be devastating in some markets, yeah. but, but I think as long as our people are employed, we can work through most everything with them, but obviously they're feeling mm-hmm. some pressure, yeah. you know, in there because of the cost of, of, Living, living inflation yeah. right? it's, yeah. those yeah. things are going up and so i think uh you know those are the kind of things we could probably adapt <laughs> went to. to the grocery store last week and i was just about i was gonna have a heart attack just yeah. are you serious yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. and i think it's a lot of those more external factors than yeah you know, just about that that job you know after, yeah i just think it's trying to afford everything around yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that kind of ties in. I I know we've talked, I'm always like giving ideas to our our clients about how can you give back to your customers? And, you know, simple things like on-time payments for three months. Here's a, entered, win a drawing for a hundred dollar gas card Mm -hmm. or something like that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, just like, what can we do to help where the pinch is and, you know, help, help you be able, and, and a carrot. There's a carrot, you know, yeah. make your payment on time that we, you know, we give out five of these a month yeah. and so, or whatever. And, um, it so, makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, food prices being what they are, they might be, you wow. know, drawing yeah. for a bag of carrots. Or right. You know, exactly. Somebody's... So it's like really a literal bag of carrots. <laughs> <laughs> make your payment on time. Come get your bag of carrots. Don't, don't come to me for <laughs> promotional ideas. I'm probably not the one to talk to on that. So, no, I think we can probably wrap up there. There's so many more tangents and, and things, elements to that conversation. And we, mm-hmm. I, one of the things that came up this week in our conversation mm-hmm. with Seth Merrifield um, on Wednesday was this thing about having, having an open door policy in terms of when you, when you have a new customer, you know, this, that's what I've always called open door policies, like at closing. How much, how do, what do you say to them? If they're new to your business, how, what do you say to them about, how you handle collections and how you want them to communicate and how flexible you are. Like, yeah. what do they understand about our approach? And so we look forward to bringing that back. Go ahead, Keith. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have an answer to that. So in our closing process, we tell them like, look, we fully, you know, like I said earlier, we expect between now and when the car's paid off that you might need some help with the payment, but you have to communicate with us. We expect a phone call on or before the due date of the payment. Right. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be calling you a week or two weeks down the road, can't get a hold of you. You have to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if you'll communicate with us, there's very few things that will happen 
that we can't work through as long as you'll communicate with us and uphold your promises. Yeah. And yeah. I can share that Seth indicated that they started out, um, you know, in a different way and that they learned quickly that they kind of had, to, he was concerned, I think that having an open door policy would be a problem. And he, he soon got more comfortable with it because it does encourage communication. Mm -hmm. And, and again, we will talk about that more on a future oh, yeah. episode. There's I lots think, um, to unpack. You know, yeah. I think, that, yeah, it's just what I'm hearing is, uh, so I don't know that I got a full clarification, Justin, from you guys, just kind of recapping, what are you, what are you changing, if anything, in terms of your approach to collections now? Yeah, at this moment, not really changing anything. Um, we're, we're still staying strong at our seven and uh, some additional situations have come up. I think it's a, a little bit more volatile, um, but it, we're still just trying to handle a situation at a time. Um, you know, we're not, we're not revamping the department and we're doing this and doing that. I mean, we always encourage communication uh, and we're just trying to handle each situation as it comes up. And that that's basically the approach, not, nothing drastically, you know, or is requires intervention. I just, we're just watching it, making sure our collection dollars are there and, um, you know, we all know we, we've had some increased sales and, and a lot of times that does come with increased repossessions. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, as long as, you know, you're picking up your cars and we're still communicating with our people and making sure they're abiding by their promises, that, that, that's about, um, I think the circle's just turning a little bit faster and we're just, you were seeing what's happening because we're hearing the news. I, I personally think we're, we're going to be okay and buy your pay here. I think it's, I think it's going to be better news that everybody's alluding to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think we'll get some, you know, as financing arms dry up on some of the, the big sum prime banks and credit unions. And I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go back to, I remember, you know, back in the days where nobody would take a subprime customer. And, and mm -hmm. so we'll see what, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, um, yeah, that's, that's about where we're at guys. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, Maggie's main point, purpose there, she's talking about a free hammer turkey, which we've talked about that with the Walmans <laughs> and done some of those kind of things. They've done that. I think the main yeah. idea there is we, we talk about that we see across the country in collections that often what happens is we see dealers using the, the punitive side, you yeah. know, the, the mm -hmm. kind of the idea of, you know, and, and the idea of reward and punishment, which is basic psychology, you know, we see a lot of dealers using the punitive side of collections, um, you know, enforcement, but not mm -hmm. so much the reward side. And so we, we're just always encouraging anything you can do to reward on-time payments, even if it's just yeah. a verbal acknowledgement when they make the payment, even yeah. that alone is something. But Well, and, and we all know that when when we get a good pat on the back or, or you know, like, hey, you did a great job and here's that it, it encourages us to do it again. Yeah. And do yeah. it again and do it again and do it again. So that is, you know, that's that's a big one. So yeah. Yeah. Very good. Hey guys, so much. We really appreciate you joining us today. Hope that we can bring you on again at some time. Um, that mm -hmm. it wasn't too painful. I know some, <laughs> that sometimes we'll, we'll get, a, a get something from a, a person that we've asked to be a guest. And it's like, I can't go on camera. This doesn't really feel like you're on camera. It just feels like you're having a conversation at least to me. So for the record, I wasn't laughing at you. I was, I, I was laughing at the, uh, Private chat. Uh, I typed in there. I said, Who are they? <laughs> about uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you comment about Oklahoma? I got to get. Yeah, in there and check they that did. Out. They okay. did. It's okay though. It's all right. Um, I'm it's, used to, it's we're okay. used to being the 
it's the underdog. Okay. It'll be a fun game. Um, again, thank you guys very much for joining us. Um, stick around on backstage so we can say proper goodbye when we wrap things up. And um, and also, if you guys ever have another topic or something you think that we should, okay. we should talk about, let us know. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, All right. Thanks, gentlemen. We'll Thanks, stand buddy. by just a minute. All right. Um, moral of the story to me is, is like one make sure that you know what your state laws are if mm -hmm. you're going to make any kind of adjustments change and two um make sure that you're you know there are a lot of dms's out there mm -hmm. that you can choose from and some are easier to use with that than others and you know i was glad to hear that that keys mm -hmm. dms shifted a little mm -hmm. bit with with covid because that that makes a big difference because um dealers can be really uh, handcuffed to what can I do? What can't I do? And so if you don't have the ability to shuck and jive, you may have to restructure mm -hmm. the entire loan right. in order to make it work. And I would also say, you know, we've talked about this and, and you can do it through different companies or you can do it just with an understanding tax time payments can oh, sometimes please. help yeah. an awful lot. Sure. And so there are organizations that do that, that can help you with all of the software. And then there are some, um, we were talking to someone I've recently says, you know, I've never used a, 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 a company it's, but it's been something like, this is what we'll offer you sign on the dotted line that you'll come in and, and make this tax time payment. So sure. those are other things that can actually help. So absolutely, what else? I think that's it. I mean, yeah, right. just quickly on that stuff. If you think about it, if a customer can pay $1,200 in tax refund, that's equivalent to a hundred dollars a month in their payment. So, if, you know, if we could stand it, like if we're playing a long game as dealers, if we could somehow structure that in the deal and help the customer get caught up, it might yeah. be a way for us to, 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 you know, bridge year. To year. I just, I really, that one of the things that he said that just like it it hit me and I was like let's look at this a little bit differently when people had extra money in their pockets they paid better yeah and so you know if it, so it's if, not a willingness to pay so it's not a willingness to pay it's ability to pay right um, yeah. so, all right. Uh, at least I'm seeing that, that, that's, that's right. a bigger, bigger yeah. thing than, than maybe we thought it was. Yep. Okay. Okay, folks. Don't Have forget the time change this weekend. Yes. And we'll see you time back change. here on Monday. You get, it, you get, wait, no, it's fall behind. It's fall. We get it. We get an extra hour fall sleep. Fall back. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. All right. all right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks so much for joining us.